This is Word to the Wise. I'm Shelley Best, the pastor of Redeemer's Church in Plainville, Connecticut. This is my unorthodox preaching and teaching podcast for spiritual seekers and outside-the-box changemakers. Each episode will be a Bible study or preaching moment with you in mind as we explore faith in the context of modern times. I'm glad you found us. Dear God, we cannot even begin to measure the amount of love you have for each of us. We have lived lives where many of us have settled for so much less than your love. And we even thought it was enough. Lord, change the appetite of our love. That we hunger and thirst for those things divine and are not satisfied with imitations. Move us, Lord. Mold us, Lord. Fill us, Lord. Use us, Lord. Now let the words of this mouth and the meditations of this heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Let the people of God say, Amen and Amen. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Matthew, chapter 20. Verses 1 through 16. The book of Matthew, chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. And I'll be reading from the New International Version of the Scripture. Matthew 20, 1 through 16. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day long and doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, can the workers call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more but each one of them also received a Daenerys. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day? 
But he answered one of them, I am not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for Daenerys? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. With this in mind, the title of the message this day, as we continue our series of messages on stepping into the supernatural, is simply this, understanding grace. Mm -hmm. Understanding grace. As some of you know, I was born and raised up in Norfolk, Connecticut, a small town nestled in the northwest corner of our state. This often called the icebox of Connecticut. And when I think of these autumn days, I often think of my days in the playground or the play field of our elementary school. It's that fall feeling of the beginning of the school year and being out in nature and playing the games that children play on the playground. In elementary school up in Norfolk, there were certain cultural norms, which I'm sure some of you can relate to. But the dynamic was I was the only black child in the school, which had its own little flavor. And so when you think about the experience on the playground, you learn some things about society through the lens of children. While it was not explicitly spoken, there are certain things about your social location that you learn on the playground. You learn where you stand very simply, even from games like kickball. We would spend hours and hours playing kickball, it seemed like, as a child. And remember those days when you had that big red rubber ball? And that ball would be rolled down the middle, you'd kick, you'd run the bases. That would be your whole experience of your childhood play. But before the game officially began, the traumatic game would happen to me. You see, people would pick teams. And if you ever want to know your social location in grade school, it's the level and the time you are picked for the teams in elementary school. For you see, first of all, there would be two captains. And there's a sort of social status about who gets to be the captains of the team. You don't just rise up and declare yourself captain unless you are captain status. Does somebody know what I'm talking about? So somehow two captains would be selected. I would never be one of the captains. And then the captains would decide to call their various teams. They'd have their first pick, their second pick, their third pick. They would pick their teams. I'll pick Joe. I'll pick Sam, I'll pick Sally, I'll pick Jane. Different people would be picked and the teams would be lined up. Then the last individuals to be picked would be there. The chubby, the black, the slow, the disabled, the poor and the unpopular would be the last picks for the kickball team. Yes, if you wanted to see where you were on the social continuum, you would see it in the order you were picked for kickball. 
Well, without a doubt, your pastor was one of the often left behind. And I had this conversation with Sister Kyle. She's laughing in the choir because she was a cheerleader. She was often one of the first picks. Help us, Lord. I wasn't one of the first picks. But as a child, I knew my place. I knew that I would not be one of the first picks. So I had to kind of get myself together. I would brace myself for the rejection. I'd have to suck it up and nurse my wounds and live in the reality of my kickball status. I was the last pick in kickball. And in many ways, this was my lesson of social location. Are there any other last picks in the house? Are we all first picked? No, I'm not. Just, just oh, captains, now we know. See, the last pick kids knew their place. They knew how to act and how to stay out of trouble. It wasn't a shock to be a last pick kid. You got used to it. And you got strong in your humility in that place of rejection. Yes, you can learn a lot from kickball and in the realm of human interaction. But thanks be to God, God's ways are not our ways. And the first will be last and the last will be first. And this is an understanding of this thing called grace. In our text, we are told that the kingdom of heaven is like an unorthodox landowner. He goes out early in the morning to create a team who will work in his vineyard for the day. He agreed to pay the first, the pick of a day's wage. Now, when you think about those who were the first picks, you can imagine how they felt at the beginning of the day to be those first pick to go work in the vineyard. The first picks expected to be the first picks because they have been in that continual of life. The first picked ones usually in life. When you are a first pick, you think that the world revolves around you. When you're first picked, you know you have the looks to stand out in the crowd. When you're a first pick, you expect to have the dates and the popularity. When you're the first picked, you expect to win the award and get the job. When you're the first pick, you don't know anything else than what it is to be the first pick. When you've always been a first pick in your life, you don't think about grace because you experience favor in your everyday life because you've been born in that place of privilege. See, it's hard to understand grace, God's unmerited favor, when the world seems to be your oyster, when things are kind of going well for you on your own. But in the text, the landowner must have had a large vineyard, and he's teaching us another lesson because he doesn't stop with first picks only. He must have had need of a huge army of workers, Oh, yes, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So the landowner develops his team during the day, and he agrees to pay a fair wage. And he picks his players early in the morning, nine in the morning, about noon, about three, and about five. Yes, he was forming his kickball team, five rounds, the first picks. The second, the third, 
the fourth, and finally, the last badge. And think for a moment about who the last batch of picks were through the lens of this experience. Who were the last ones picked to go and work in the vineyard? Probably the elderly, the disabled, the slow, maybe in our terms, the immigrants, the people of color, the sick, the female, the mentally infirm, the least likely to ever be included, the left behind were the last picks. Now think about that in our social order, the left behind people, the most likely not to be picked. And think about it. What is it like to be the left behind? How does that change you? To be the one that is born a little bit different than other people, to be the one that's born maybe with a different ability or unique ability. What is it like to be the last pick, the one without the hand or the the one without the foot, the one with the different kind of body? What is it like to be the last picked? Well, in this life, one of the shows that I think depicts this today is a show that a lot of people probably don't like to watch, but I love to watch the show Catfish on MTV. I admit, I love the show Catfish. How many of y'all seen the show Catfish? All right, it's on MTV, thank you, so some of y'all may not know. So what happens on this show? You see, we live in a world where a lot of people do online dating, amen? They get to know each other through an online experience. So they put a picture up and they say this is their identity. And then they start to talk to each other through texting or electronic communication. Some of y'all haven't been in the dating game for a while, so I'm breaking you in on what catfish is about. And so what happens is people might be texting over time, even for months or years, maybe never even to hear the the voice of the person that they've been talking to online. But then they start to fall in love and feel some kind of way about the person based on their profile picture. Cynthia Ann's looking at me like, I am not understanding this, but this is how people are dating today. And so what happens in Catfish is over time, one person's like, you know what? You'll never meet up with me. We keep setting up dates and you never show up. I'm starting to feel like something suspicious is going on. And so then what happens is the person who feels something suspicious is happening contacts Neve and Max, who are the hosts of the show, for them to investigate and find out what's going on. Is the person I love truly the person they appear to be, or is there something going on? Help me, somebody. It's a catfish experience. Well, inevitably, they chase down the person they take the picture, they search it out, they find out the location, and ultimately they get that person to come out of the shadows and show themselves to the one that loves them. And inevitably, when the person comes out of the shadows, often the person that shows up is not the one that was in the profile picture. It's often someone who might not have been a first pick on the team, if you get what I'm saying. They end up to be a little bit round or a little bit different or not as pretty as the profile picture. It's sort of a sad experience for that person knew what it was to be in the shadows. And for once, they just wanted to be loved as a first pick. 
They wanted to have an understanding of grace that someone would give them favor and like them for a different status of life. It's catfish. Check it out, MTV. So back to our text. In verse 8, it tells us that when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, when you give out the pay, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. So in the text, we can see that the pay happens and the last picked workers, the ones who are used to the scraps, the ones who are used to being rejected and dejected, they get paid first. Wow. And that in itself is a surprise for them that they finally get some privilege and they get their pay first. And the last hired get their pay. And imagine what they're thinking. Well, we were lucky to get anything. We were lucky to be hired in the first place. We were lucky to even be included on the team. And then imagine what happens when they discover, wow, we got a whole day's pay when we only worked an hour. Imagine they were thinking they'd just get a little something, something or just a little tip. But they got the full day's Wage, And to their amazement, they're feeling something different than they might have ever felt in their lives. And then in verse 9, we're told that the workers who were hired earlier in the day ended up getting the same pay. But back to the ones who expected the scraps. They experienced more than getting a full day's pay. They actually got the gift of grace. Mm -hmm. So what is grace? It's God's unmerited favor. It's respect. It's specialness. It's a reward. It's a blessing. It's about getting the overflow in a world where you're often overlooked. Those who got that full day's pay got restoration. They got restitution. They got hope and they got healing. They got a breakthrough. They got opportunity. And yes, they got a full understanding of grace. Now, let us continue in verse 10. When those who were hired first came forward, they expected to get more than the last hired. When they received it, though, they began to grumble because they saw they got the same thing as the last hired people. And they started to grumble because they were always used to being the first pick and getting more. And in our text, verse 12, those who were hired last, who worked only for an hour, said, you've made those equal to us. And we borne the burden of the work in the heat of the day. And the landowner said, I am not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for Daenerys? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have a right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last are first and the first are last. See, the first picks didn't have an understanding of grace. And they didn't have the capacity to even fake it. Think about those first picks 
of your childhood. I think about the ones who were the first picks on the team in my childhood, and they were those who often understood privilege in the world. The first picks often end up the first picks later in life. Folks who are the first picks often get used to being first in the crowd. They're used to being in the front of the line, to be the popular, to be those with status, to be those who go to the good schools, to be those with the open social life, to be expected, to be treated with favor in the world. But God's (laughs) ways are not our ways. This week, we saw this idea of privilege through the Supreme Court nominee, Kavanaugh. He was used to being in the in crowd, a business owner, going to an Ivy League school. And in his experience of being accused, you saw his anger and his tears and his sarcasm. How dare you accuse me? I'm always a first pick. I'm not used to this kind of treatment. I don't even see those accusing me as fully being persons. I don't understand your experience. See, the Lord sent me by here today with an eye-opening word. God's ways are not our ways, and God's rewards are not the world's rewards. In this spiritual journey, there's different outcomes than the favor that shows up in the world, and it's called grace. See, God wants each of us to understand grace. And even if in this life you were used to being picked first, on this side of the river, God wants you to know that everything here will pass away. Title privilege, status, and position. We live in a world where we came from dust and to dust we will return. But there's something more in this life than material success and it is spiritual security through salvation. When you think about this life, it's all about the grace of God. Ultimately, we've got to be at a place where we are in the grace of God and we experience the favor of God. We come from dust and to dust we will return. It is the great equalizer of this life. And don't you know that through Jesus Christ, the first are last, the last are first, but we all have an opportunity for God's grace through Jesus Christ. When you give your life to Jesus You experience grace and the equal opportunity for heaven. Whether you were first, whether you were last, whether you were poor, whether you were rich, when you come through Jesus Christ, you experience God's unmerited favor and you gain an understanding of God's grace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. for tuning in to Word to the Wise, my preaching and teaching podcast. This podcast is a production of the 224 Ecospace, a place where change makers work, create, and lead. Our engineer and sound designer is Dan Warren. 
I hope you will share this podcast with your friends and please review us so others can find us. Also look for me on Facebook at Reverend Dr. Shelley Best or Word to the Wise. Thanks for listening.